Ready? Yes. Well, hello. Oops. <laughs> well, <laughs> damn. <laughs> well, hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. This is the Plan Y podcast. My name is Taryn. And my name is Hannah. And how are you doing today, Hannah? Oh, I'm pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. Me too. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the darker stories during traveling some of the people that we met who haven't always been good because traveling isn't always smooth sailing and we're also going to be talking about the side effects of traveling as well therefore we invited our first guest he is a really good friend of ours and we all actually met two years ago i just thought i'm going to introduce him because he is definitely the person that you can call in the middle of the night to talk about the meaning of life and if we wouldn't be in the situation that we currently are in, you could also go with him, just have a nice evening in the beach and drink maybe one, two, three bottles of wine and talk with him until the <laughs> sky is turning purple again. He's a really inspiring person and determined to follow his dream of creating the life he always wanted. Therefore, he is currently building up his own business, and I'm sure that he will be absolutely crushing it. He knows of the healing power of music and will probably one day have his own festival that you guys really don't want to miss out. And if you're going to, you're definitely going to regret it for the rest of your life. So, warm welcome to our friend Joe. Woo! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good, thank you. So, Joe. Tell the guys a little bit about, for example, um, where you've been traveling um, and how you got into traveling at the start. Oh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like with traveling, for me, I don't know about you guys as well, I feel like I was always born born to travel. I think that I think that there's always been something that was planted in, in me from whenever. I used to have dreams about, uh, you know, Angkor Wat yeah. <laughs> in Cambodia. I, um, I used to dream about it before I, before I even went there. And I remember when my friend invited me. The first time I traveled to Asia, like the other side of the world, was with my friend Alex. And he he kind of like threw the idea out there. And he was like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to like Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Thailand, like uh, in January, do you want to come? And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? You know, it was like a weird time. Like I just finished uni. I was just started a full-time job and... Um, <laughs> so what better way to uh, embrace the professional life than to book a month off from that job and uh, go out into the world? They weren't too happy about it. I can but, imagine. Uh, they still let me do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like lots of people go to Asia first because Asia's meant to be one of the safer places to travel. I think if yeah. lots of eighteen-year-olds go to Australia, and New Zealand because that's probably like the safest mm. place. Um, then yeah. people tend to go to Asia next. They normally start in Thailand. Um, so I think you did quite a lot for your first one, because usually I think like the gap year students, especially mm. will just pick one country and explore it. So I think um, it's quite a lot to do multiple countries at first. So fair play to you as well. Hannah, where did you go first? <laughs> <Yeah>. Australia. <laughs> 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 just for two months and i was and then, very spontaneous i didn't even i just booked the first hostel and i just for the first two nights or so and then i just went there and planned everything from there and traveled up the east coast and went then to bali as well so no fair and see i messed it up so i went when i was 18 the first country i went to was the united states which sounds like a lot of fun and it was until you realize that you're in a country where you can't drink or do anything or go out with the locals, go to like half the nightlife. Although I did quickly find out that actually Americans can't read British passports. <laughs> and so I used to show my genuine British passport, um, which clearly said that I was 18 to um, all the people working in bars. And they used to go, wow, well, you wouldn't show me a fake passport. I mean, we wouldn't show bring a passport out unless you were actually 21. And I don't know how to read this thing. And so they just they used to let you in. They speak the same language. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I just have anything. I did try it in Vegas, and the security guard just looks at me like as a twat. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> someone knows what they're doing is good. But if you were just 18, you weren't um, allowed to drink anyway, right? Yeah, not at all. Um, although you can, obviously, in like back home in England and in other countries, Australia, everywhere else. 
But America was quite a fun one. Um, it was quite a safe one, I think, as well. Obviously, the only thing I find with America, um, and this actually goes back, and we're yeah, I'm going to spit more, but like, um, having travelled now around so many different parts of the world and going to all the places, like you know the per- kind of places where when you tell your parents that you're going, they say, oh, <laughs> you shouldn't go there, like Honduras, um, Colombia. Or Vietnam, to be fair, like you know, I think Vietnam's becoming more. Uh... Well, people re- recognize it more of a, as like a holiday destination now. Yeah, like, for sure. You know what I mean? Like my friends always used to joke to me like, oh, where are you going next? Like Afghanistan <laughs> and all that. Like, <laughs> Chernobyl. Yeah, where are you going? You're going to some war zone next. I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure, why not? <laughs> Just to entertain them a bit, you know? <laughs> I have a friend who did um, up and down Africa. Oh, amazing. And that is my he dream. took a motorbike and cycled up and up Africa and had a gun held at him at one point. Wow. Fucking hell. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I've actually always done quite. Speaking on a personal level, although I've been scammed, I've never been touched wood. Uh, where's some wood? Um, never been robbed, held at knife point or gunpoint or anything that of that no, note. Have you guys? I no, I haven't either. Um, no, yeah, never. I know never, other people who never have. Never even sort of came, come close. I've definitely been in like dodgy situations, but it's. Even like looking back, the dodgiest of situations, I was always kind of mostly in control, kind of, <laughs> for the most part. That's the part. <laughs> kind of. What it's, sort of dodgy situations? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like, I think like da- dangerous situations, but like I always call it um, like calculated risks, where like you're aware of the danger that you're putting yourself into sometimes like yeah I uh, that. um i think like with the the story that you know like the, with the <laughs> when i was walking through the jungle like it's it's more rather than like you know like something dodgy yeah. with like being knife point gunpoint um putting yourself into a situation where you're like what am i doing this is insane just for the know listeners who like... don't know you tell them quickly what um, how i remember it so well because <laughs> i was so worried and you had yeah. no phone connection at all <laughs> yeah so it was when we were on um it was an island in cambodia korong uh, salam yeah this, the little island um which is pretty it's pretty remote to be fair like like as one of probably the more remote places that you can go to still in the world you know where you have to get like a like a weird ferry across uh, <laughs> and, and then a uh, little boat you, yeah exactly yeah so like the the if you remember the little boat basically after the ferry i never got on the little <laughs> boat so, <laughs> so the, the little boat that connects you to like the actual place that we were staying i never got that because i don't <laughs> i don't to this day, I don't well, know why. Actually, to be fair, we need to mention as well that the hostel that we stayed in is act or was or still is at a private beach. So the only way to get there was by the boat from the hostel or to maybe get someone else to drive you there or which you shouldn't do, yeah, it's not exactly. recommended through the jungle. <laughs> Or trek through the forest. But it or, must have yeah. been a long trek as well because it was like oh, kilometers away. Yeah, it was it was intense. Like I, I remember I got off the onto the dock and I walked off the dock to the beach and I was like, oh sick, I bet it was just around the corner. <laughs> and then I think I, that's when I was like calling Hannah and stuff. I was like, how do you get to this place? I'm so confused. And then I re- quickly realized that was supposed to, there was like a transfer. So the, from mainland like Cambodia, you get the ferry to the island from that uh island there's a there, yeah another little boat that takes you to the the little beach the private beach where the hostel is and basically i just was so unaware that you had to get that transfer onto that little boat and i, don't, I just don't know what i was thinking i was very tired i, I think I, I drove from campot as well that day on the bike and i was just knackered i think i was just knackered and just like not really thinking straight. Yeah, clearly. So what's Just what you want. Thinking straight is, uh... <laughs> I think I was so, freaking yeah. everyone out. Um, I was like, oh my God, Joey's in the middle of the jungle and Diana was freaking out as well. And <laughs> I, can, I can call him like, I was so freaking out. <laughs> there was, was it, was it so you by funny. yourself or was there two of you? I was I was on my own. I, I was what, what happened? So I, was like, I was kind of like walking on the beach, and I think I was I had you know maps dot me the the app where you yeah. look at. So I was like trying to work out how I was, I was trying to use that app to 
work out how to like cut through so i was like asking random people like how do i get to this hostel <laughs> and i was just like with traveling i think it's it's one of them things that i i think when you travel you kind of just have a feeling that everything's gonna be all right yeah, no yeah that's what. true and i think like back in the west i think that does exist but i, I always describe it as like it's way more intensified when you travel like things kind of happen quicker but when you're back home or you're back where you were born or where you're back where you're like your hometown or whatever things do work out for the best eventually but in the west for some reason i don't know if you guys have noticed that like that's that's how i how i always feel about it like living in the moment is really like and while traveling is such it's such a real thing like you really live in the moment and you just kind of like right i'm gonna figure it out somehow and um that's so yeah true. and it's really so intense at all, as as well right and at the yeah, end yeah, sure. you actually managed to get to the hostel so yeah. it was it was already it was dark but you made it <laughs> yeah i remember like, reading a lonely planet book before i ever traveled about like um like a story of like oh i got lost in the jungle mm. and it, it kind of like told the story of like oh yeah but when you get out of the jungle when you find your way back it's the best like feeling ever like you made it and i, I bet and, um but like you know like at the time when I read that, I had no experience of travel. I was like, that's never going to happen to me. <laughs> you know? that, that is never going to happen to me. Like, you can't imagine it. Like, you, you just cannot imagine being yourself in that situation. But at the time, it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, like, it's kind of scary. It was scary. I mean, it, I had moments I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, when I was, like, halfway through the jungle or whatever, or, like, you know, like, I'd been walking for, because, like, the, it was like up like a I had to I think I took my shoes off at one point and I was like proper like climbing up stuff and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah I had um I had I think I had literally like one percent of battery with a torch on and um I, I just kept on thinking like fuck if my phone uh <laughs> if my phone dies then I'm I'm screwed like I'm just I'm not gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do but the same thing of like mm. i need to do this i'm gonna do this because if i don't what is gonna happen you know and like, yeah for and sure like, it was exciting like i think like with traveling like, <laughs> I, I, you know it, it's exciting it's like the adrenaline of like i could die at any moment it's it's <laughs> i like it's i get my state into self into that state of mind where like it excites me so much that like i have to do these crazy <laughs> things and i did try and th- yeah, oh, yeah. No, i i just want to point out to the listeners yeah. That um, you that most traveling doesn't involve feeling like you might die at any moment. Joe, this is me just um, like pushing myself in like really extreme ways sometimes. One thing I've always found when traveling as well is that locals are actually yeah. very helpful. Yeah, 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 most definitely, people, yeah. if you give them a chance and you're not being a yeah. dick, um, will go out yeah. their way to actually 100%. help you. Um, and people have been so kind. Yeah. Um, there's so many times that people have done so much for me. I actually found it a lot in um, when I went to Colombia, um, where it was one of those places where, where I was warned that everyone is going to, you know, like everyone's going to mug you. You're going to be kidnapped at any yeah. moment and all this. Um, and the com- people of Colombia were some of the nicest mm-hmm. people, most hospitable people I've ever yeah. met. Um, and they were just so loved. And you had a few occasions. Um, I... Columbia, I know a few people um, who were held at knife point there. It's normally kids. Um, so kids will come and they'll take the money out of your wallet if you're sitting, sitting on the beaches, um, particularly in the northern quarter late at night. Um, but like I've even the, I've heard like one or two experiences where someone has had this and they don't even sound that bad. There was one guy who sat on the beach with his girlfriend um, and it's, I think, like four in the morning and a kid comes up and he puts um, and he takes a knife out. Um, and he goes money to the boy and the girl gets her money out as well and then he goes no 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 just the boy um, but then it turns out the boy only had like ten dollars on him and so he took the girl's money in the end as well <laughs> but I like the thought the thought was there <laughs> and um, the other story I heard from Colombia was where someone had their phone stolen and one of the locals had seen someone take their phone and um, but they didn't see exactly who it was so they called the local police up who came out and arrested like i think it was in total like 18 people wow. originally thought it might have been some women who were nearby and it was and then they arrested like more people and they found the guy's phone and got it back to him within a half an hour yeah. and i've never heard of a story like that anywhere else in the world yeah. 
um, were pissed. Although it did have a bit of a dodgy twist because apparently they, they brought the guy they caught up to the guy who's had his phone stolen and said, this is the guy, we're taking him to prison. Do you want Ooh, to beat oh him my up? God. And he was a bit like, I don't know if it was a trick or not or like if I need to be aware. Yes. And so he was like, no, thanks. Um, and just left it. And wow. that was the end of it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's... Well, I think for the most part, people are good. I think it's the you know the rare the rare few that it's the same as anywhere though. You know, you get that in England, you get that yeah, anywhere where like it's the it's the for rare sure. few that mess it up for everyone else. But for the most part, people are looking out for each other, and I think I think when traveling, you you really appreciate that as well. Like I never mentioned with this whole um, jungle thing is that the the locals were really helpful. They were trying to. They, I could have got a boat, you know, I could have got a private taxi, but I. I <laughs> <laughs> but I chose, and they were giving me numbers and stuff, and I was like, "It costs twenty dollars." Nah, I'm not paying. That. I'm going to walk for so, so, like, stuff like that, you know. It's like most of the time, people, especially, I think it's more noticeable again with traveling. I think people are more humble and and things like that than in the West. But true, yeah, I think it's it's yeah, people. People are, yeah, they're out. Everyone's out, everyone's got your back for the most part, which is yeah, really important. As much as much as these dodgy these dodgy things happen, they they're they're like few and far between. You know, they're, they're very like when they happen, it's like oh my god, like what the hell, like this yeah. this is happening. But you, we're lucky that we haven't had any. You know, not even lucky, but it's you know you you can let yourself be in vulnerable situations sometimes as well, like for whatever reason and. It, yeah, like I think, like you said earlier, like you put yourself in most vulnerable yeah. situations. Yeah. And um, yeah. for example, um, driving motorbikes in Vietnam and Cambodia <laughs> is probably one of the more dangerous things you can yeah, do in those countries. Sure, yeah. um, and it's not because anyone's put you at risk there. Yeah. The only other thing I've found in certain countries, I had it in China, is um, like sort of scammers who would try and like make you buy stuff. I remember there were these two women. We asked them, we asked these random people in the street once where a bar was. We were in Shanghai and these two women went, oh, there's a bar around here. We're going. I was like, okay, perfect. And obviously you don't think anything of it. So we went and sat and it was a bar. They took us to a bar. We didn't have our kidneys removed or anything. And they, we sat in there and they brought over drinks for us automat- like almost automatically. And we're like, oh, okay, it's a bit weird. Maybe this is just, a, you know, a Chinese customary tradition. Um, and the women had, like, two drinks as well. And we, so we finished our drinks and we're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, and we were like, okay, should we get another one? And we got the prices from the menu. And these drinks were, like, extortionate. I don't mean, like, traveler extortionate, which is, like, a fiver. I mean, like, like 50 quid oh, wow. for a shot. And we're like, what the hell is going on here? And we were like, we don't want to buy, buy these. We're just going to leave it, thanks. And like, oh, no, you owe us money for these drinks. And you owe us money for the ladies' drinks as well. I was like, no, fuck that. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, screw that. Um, <laughs> and we um, ended up arguing over it for about half an hour. And um, eventually, I think we ended up paying like 20 quid, um, which was annoying because we just wanted to go out for a few drinks and just explore the local nightlife. We went out for another night, however, and it was completely the opposite. Went out in Beijing, and it was incredible. And people were literally coming up to us like as like the first Europeans they've ever seen, and they were giving us free drinks and <laughs> taking photos with us. And it was very bizarre. The other scam I had in China was we came out of one of the temples, and people came up to us and said, "We'd like to practice our English. Would you come and have a cup of tea with us?" And they seemed really sincere. They seemed like they knew what they were talking about. And like they just sounded genuinely like they wanted to learn English. And because we'd had experiences like what, like with the nightlife where people did come up to you in China quite often, mm-hmm. um, we were quite at ease. So we went and had tea. And once again, it was one of those, you got a bill at the end for 100 quid for a pot of tea. And then you had to argue out. And I think we ended up paying like 20, 30 pound and um, for that as well don't accept tea from strangers especially not in england <laughs> no especially not in england. but then i then, then loads of other places some people some people are it's hard to know i think there's some obvious scams it is um, yeah it's hard to, yeah what you're saying about like when people come up and they they seem genuinely sincere about it's it's a difficult one because no, i, I don't think i've had I. anything like that to be honest 
not like nothing 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 that comes even close to that where i've trust like gone with somebody and then it's been like oh this is weird or like but it is rare i think yeah yeah no doubt yeah it's it's just always being like aware isn't it but like not being aware but not like paranoid and like everything's a scam and everything's like i think that you just got to kind of like trust your like yeah and i think it's about vibes as well because what you give into the world will come back to you too which is the same when you're traveling so if you have Mm. positive vibe and uh, just go with the flow good things will happen to you which i think all the three of us do but again there might be always someone who will just want who would just want your money I was always told to um, hide your money in different places, never have all your money in one spot. Therefore, if you ever get, say, arrested by a corrupt police officer in a country or if someone ever tries to mug you or anything like that, you can take out a part of your money yeah. and you're not le- left stranded with nothing. That's actually a point. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing with travelling as well, I think, you know, yeah. do you remember Munay in Vietnam yeah. where the, the Russian mafia have got some sort of gig there where they're like, you have to pay off police to be able to drive. Yeah, we talked bike about that last week. You know, stuff like that is like you, when you talk to other travelers, you kind of pick up that information or like. That's true. It's good to do a little bit of research. Like when I was crossing borders from Vietnam to Cambodia on the bike, I was very aware of like borders. And I, now this is actually a good example of what we're talking about. So, like, I knew that what was going to happen was I was going to get there and I was, it was going to be kind of like go with the flow of what's happening. Okay. Because I read a lot about it and people like charging a lot for, you know, like being able to pass through the border and stuff like that. So I read a lot about it before and like how it's different for everyone. And it kind of just depends on who you come across. But whoever you come across, just sort of like go with it. Because there's police there that are kind of like involved as well. Yeah. You want to just go with the flow as much yeah. as possible. And uh, so I found a guy and um, he was like helping with the papers and stuff. And I was just like paying him off, like basically for the <laughs> visa. But also for him, like, and I remember him, like, going to, like, one of the police guys that was, like, guarding it. And he was like, do you want to charge him? And he was just like, no. And it's just, like, one of them things that if he was, maybe he made enough money for the day, maybe he didn't feel like charging me more. You know, it's one of them things that he could have been like, yeah, $20. What can yeah, I say? Exactly. You know? I'm just like, here you go, mate. Here you go. I've got nothing to say to you. Like, and like, I read a lot about, like, keeping your bike out of sight or, like, always... You know, things like that, like there's like little tri- tricks that you kind of, um, it's good to be aware mm. of with, especially with crossing border on your own. Like, I think that's the only time I've done that cross borders, like diff- so many, in so many different ways now, but the, the only, one and only time I think where I crossed the border on a bike and um, made sure I was aware of it. And yeah, going with the flow again is really important. And, um, but also keeping your brain on as well, like being like, Hmm, that's a bit dodgy for sure so at the end the guy was like being a bit he was being a bit cheeky and he was like oh five dollars more but you know i was just i was just so grateful that like oh, fuck it, oh i've nearly made it through that like and as soon as i got through the border i was like oh thank goodness you know and it only cost me about 40 dollars in total which is only about 10 more than the visa yeah, anyway so like it's all right you know it's like or like maybe it was 20 it wasn't it wasn't much more anyway but everyone has different stories yeah, about how much they get true. charged and stuff because it just depends i hate crossing borders it's one of my it's not even that it's bad things happen it just takes so long sometimes and you always end up on yeah. night buses crossing night borders buses. and you get there and the borders are yeah. shut and you can't cross until like 6 a.m and so your 20 yeah. hour trip becomes a 26 yeah. hour this trip is- and um, so that's the only I thing I dislike so about much. borders. Like, actually, today, two years ago, that was when I was on the night bus from Siem Reap to... What was the name again of um, so Arcadia, obviously, where we all met, but, like, the area, Campo? Yeah, so I was Campo. on the way, um, like, in a sleeping bus, and they told me, like, where I did the booking, that I will have a double bed, that there will be a toilet and an air conditioner. And I was like, oh, cool. And he was <laughs> like, oh, you just need to share your bed with someone, like, but don't worry, it's going mine? to be a girl. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. What? And then I got on the night bus. <laughs> That's actually where <laughs> I met Claudia and uh, Diana. <laughs> and I got on the night bus. I needed to share a 90 centimeter bet with a guy from Portugal. He couldn't no even speak way. English. There was no toilet, <laughs> no air conditioner. So and Diana and Claude, they actually had the bat above me. And it was supposed to take, I don't know, just say 12 hours or so. And it took 
like I don't know 15 18 hours or so and I was so annoyed I just remember getting up because I obviously couldn't sleep because the guy was like very large too and I didn't want it to come too close to him because I didn't know him and then I just I was so annoyed and then I remember Diana asking me I think that was one of the first things that she said to me oh do you know when we're going to be there and I just looked at her and I was like I have no fucking idea <laughs> and it was friends yeah. ever <laughs> no telling everyone that we're sisters <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so have you found being a girl do you find there's an extra level of safety precautions you have to take have you felt at more at um, risk in countries because i know that's a thing that a lot of yeah in sri lanka it was actually and before they that go case um i traveled there by myself and like a lot of the tuk-tuk drivers and other people that did tours or whatsoever were like oh do you want to do you have a boyfriend can i be your boyfriend do you want to marry me and stuff like that and luckily like at the beginning of my trip i, I met liam a really good friend of mine from england too and uh it's not really allowed to be gay there and because he was gay and we were traveling together everyone thought that oh he is gay um everyone thought that we are together like a couple so people stepped back from me and he said that it was so obvious that everyone was staring at me because I'm blonde have curly hair and stuff like that and then I remember because um I left for the airport and had I think one more night or so and he continued his travels I think to Marissa also because he had one more week to go and I was off to Taiwan and then at the airport I was just sitting there and I think I was just like texting my friend that I was going to meet in Taiwan and there was this what is this um sports called is it that's so famous in Sri Lanka England and Australia is it cricket yeah and and there was like a whole cricket team um of Sri Lanka at the airport too and they were like all I no I was actually watching a tv show or something like that and I was looking at on my ipad and then i was just looking up and they were like surrounding me taking photos and videos of me so i left and just went somewhere else that was the only time that i really felt uncomfortable but besides that i wouldn't say that i ever had a problem but then i also meet like people like right ahead when i get somewhere and just start traveling with them i think that's a big thing that lots of people don't know about as well um, is that you don't really yeah. travel alone that much, maybe on your first day or if you've left yeah. a group. But most of the time you do tend to stick in groups um, because you meet lots of other people who are in exactly the same yeah. situation as you yeah, um, and are looking for um, friends to go traveling with themselves. And so you end up making big groups yeah, of friends. Yeah, all the time. I was never alone traveling, even if you just arrive at the country by yourself. Yeah, very true. I think, um, yeah, it's certainly that. And whenever you go somewhere new, it's just like a new opportunity to just meet more. You know, like even if, say, like with us especially, we all bonded very well. We had a massive group for a while, and then we kind of all sort of start slowly separated again. And then you just meet more people, and then just the, the story just carries on. You know, it's like the experience of traveling, especially if you go for like quite a long trip. It's just it's always changing, isn't it? It's like it's like one month is so different to the next, especially if you're like doing in different yes. countries. Even yeah, weeks. Even days, even, you know, like every day is so different. Yeah, true. It's always like, yeah, it's For just, sure. yeah, it's beautiful. Like nothing like it. It's yeah, and it's so exciting as well, you know, to, it is yeah, so intense like, too, you know, to experience every day so yeah. different and meeting different people. And what I love about it as well is it's just like what happened to us. Like you meet people and you just, start talking to them and then you end up talking at 4 a.m about the most random things and i think that's so beautiful Mm. it also leads us perfectly on to our next topic which is the side effects of traveling and actually returning from travel um and how you feel you've changed and what you feel when you come back how have you guys felt when you've come back from traveling around different places what has been your thoughts and feelings? Oh, 
<laughs> do you want to go, go first, Anna? Uh, sure. Well, it's kind of a weird <laughs> feeling because, you know, you go back home and I'm living on the countryside and you just go back to the same town, same street. And everything is just like the same. People just still have their day-to-day. Yeah, exactly, exactly the, the same. same. People just have the, you're at the same yeah. day-to-day job and you start um, seeing things from a dis- different kind of perspective. And you're just like, so what's wrong? What happened here? So much change. And then you suddenly just start to realize that nothing has changed or is the same. The w- one thing that has changed is you. And dealing with this is quite challenging. And I know that a lot of my friends that are met about, like, I think literally everyone struggle with this, like with dealing with that. I mean, if you travel for a few months a year or even just a few weeks but not like in a five-star hotel whatsoever your experiences are so so intense and then you just go back and there's like nothing new nothing is changing and it's also like you're constantly changing and getting to know more parts of yourself of your personality and then you just come back and it's like kind of a stop and it's like and then you see reality again and that can be quite challenging i think yeah (laughs) (laughs) i've got a lot to say but i I mean i think it's been different every time so yeah like you're saying about when when i first went to asia for a month and i had to come back to my first full-time job it was one of the first times in my life where i felt so driven to like save up for a year and then go on a longer trip you know that's how much I loved it after a month I was like yeah this is it like I feel like this is what I need to do and like that's one of the first times in my life where I've ever felt like that so then like you spend spend the whole year saving up getting ready to go again then I went on a seven month trip I think with the thing with traveling is it's like you're saying it's it's like intense highs but also like even with traveling even while traveling like you have lows as well like it's kind of it's a, there's a lot of roller coaster moments, but you, it's it's the, the the intensity of going back to where you started or like where you began, especially after my my seven month trip. Um, it's hard, like, and I was saying to you guys earlier, like, it's it's it, we're fortunate enough to be able to say like oh, it's hard to come back from traveling, but at the same time, it shouldn't be like, you know, it's it. What did I say? I said something like it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be like downplayed or like it should, it's still. It's still like a very, you know, it's relevant. You know, it's still. It's still a feeling. Yeah. It's still. It's, it's like yeah. anything. You know, it's like we're still human beings and we're still having this journey. We've all got our own journeys and stuff. And yeah, the feeling of um, the feeling of going back can just be so intense. Like, and it's what you're saying, Hannah, about um, feeling so different inside and having so many stories and beautiful things and. Um, yeah, I met a girl as well the, the, the second time I came back and that made it more intense because I was like had no money you know I got myself into debt so it's like traveling you save up so much money then you have no money and it's like you got got you kind of got yeah start you again, always come back so like, poor and then like so the, the feelings of like oh I know exactly what I'm doing I'm exactly what I'm doing kind of comes into the cycle of like oh now I don't anymore and it's like ow okay what do I do now and then you kind of a lot of people get themselves into the whole work cycle you know the work travel cycle which which is what I'm working on at the minute to get out of that because it's like I want an an online business and stuff because I want to be able to work from anywhere because I know now that like this is the only thing that's ever going to work for me like once you've traveled and you know how beautiful it is and how how free it is it's really it's so life-changing that you cannot even describe it easily to people that haven't traveled I think yeah I think it's like you you, I think that's entirely true friends that you've known your whole life family you can tell them about stories but they it's like i wish i could show you yeah. what i experienced i wish i wish you could come into my mind yeah it's so hard to explain feel what i felt yeah this is why i've been really interested recently in i bought a 360 camera video camera um because i always even when you're watching youtube and stuff like that i'm just like you don't really get a feel and i feel like the closest thing I can do to showing people who haven't actually done it themselves is show them a 360 yeah. video. So they, at least they can put on a headset and like sort of imagine, but it's like you said, it's never the same. And that I find also is a great traveler bond 
it gives you something to talk about yeah. with other yeah. travelers well, i yeah. feel like when you meet other travelers there's all it's always one of the mm. conversations that comes up yeah. very easily i agree with that 100 it's like it's like you, you have very much like common ground with like other people that you meet while traveling other travelers mm-hmm. that are on similar journeys and you can talk to them like you meet someone from england that's been traveling for three months i remember this when i was in vietnam she was like oh yeah i got a bit homesick so i started reading about brexit and i just wasn't homesick anymore and i thought that was so funny i was like yo i fucking relate to you <laughs> you know stuff like that <laughs> so like there's always, there's always just, like common ground with people and um everyone i think everyone understands lots of different things about the highs and lows and things like that as well like you, you everyone gets it you know like say you've been in a really beautiful like amazing place and then you you're on a night but out of there and you, you're leaving somewhere that you love and you're kind of back in this like mindset of like it's unknown again it's suddenly everything's like you knew it, you were familiar you were comfortable mm. and now boom like you're out of your comfort zone again but then once you get to that place it's like oh this place is amazing as well i mean you know you know what i mean it's like it's like that it's like yeah different, it's like chapters. Exactly different chapters and like i i would like to see it as like month to month because it's like usually like with visas, it's like a month long visa. So you spend a month in a country unless you extend it and then you go somewhere else to another country. And it's like, it's, it's, it's that intensity, but it's that intensity that's also so freeing. And so it feels like you're really living life. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's the thing that when travelers really can relate to with each other about lots of different things like this, because it's like you, when you feel it, you, and it's, it's bond is, is a beautiful thing. And it's kind of the thing that, when you talk to your friends that you've known your whole life it's like if they haven't done it you know if they've just got into the jobs and like the the house and the wives and the kids and stuff you know it's great it's great for them but like that's not Ooh. that's not where i'm at yet and it's probably the same for yeah. you guys like well, I, you know you know it's like absolutely not and like you know that's that's just it everyone's at different points as well so Going back a little bit as well one thing um that you mentioned earlier about you leaving people and they exit your life at that point. But quite often, especially in, depending on where you go, sometimes you yeah, meet the same true, people yeah. again. Um, and that can be in, for example, I met you, Joe, didn't I, in yeah. Vietnam originally yeah. for like a day in Hoi An. Yeah. And then I met you again in Cambodia. Yeah, it's, that's true. Um, and then there's other people like, who I've been traveling with before, and then you go traveling yeah, again. that's the beauty of it um, as well, yeah. So it's like you, you kind of can continue that chapter in some ways as well, I guess is the simple way to Yeah, it. exactly. It's interesting with us because I think when we met in Hoi An, we probably both never thought that we would like become like such good friends and stuff. You know, it's like it's like one exactly. of the things that like, we probably met like once kind of like by fluke. In a, in a, in a, well, that's usually how you meet people anyway, <laughs> or any, in any uh, area of life. But, you know, like we just kind of stayed in touch and then we met up, I think, in Cambodia. And then we kind of just, it just happened very naturally where we ended up all happened to all be in one place together met a really big group and just expanded everybody that you know but it's it's weird it's like it was like a chain reaction of like i met this guy i met you and then we met other people that were kind of traveling together and then like all of a sudden we had this insane amazing group of people that were all very like-minded and like very on the same level on the same and it's it's beautiful it's it's just Especially when we was mm. in Cambodia, like, you know, when we was gone that boat tour and stuff, like, it's probably one of the most free I've ever felt in my life. It was so perfect. And that is something that a lot of people don't understand. Actually feel really, really free when you're traveling and that you learn so much yeah. about yourself, like that you learn more uh, about life than you could ever learn in any job. That's true. That's I definitely found like without sounding like the cheesy, um, I found myself. <laughs> but I actually found myself <laughs> when I um went traveling when I was eighteen years old because I was a, a kid just come out of school. Um, I went to work in Spain over the summer, and I really didn't feel like I fit in there because I went to Marbella, um, and everyone was very mob style. Um, and I was like, "Well, what is this? What am I doing?" And I went traveling. And it really did give yeah. you a much bigger picture. And you're like, I don't need to fit in there because I didn't, I actually went, ended up going back to my bed a second year and I got on with everyone so much better. I had so much more to talk about. I knew myself so much better. I knew what I was interested in doing, what I didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, but it was, and I think it's grateful when you go back sometimes. One thing I will say though is um, 
then it goes back a little bit to what you guys were saying earlier. But there are some creature comforts that do make you feel a lot better. I like sometimes just treating yourself every now and then um, yeah. can really help. Like I'd occasionally, if we'd have a, had a heavy few days or been like on a massive hike um, or something similar, I would occasionally book ourselves into like a hotel oh, okay. rather than a hostel yeah. for one night. Um, I remember when I came back from South America the first time, um, I remember I went to L.A. to see my friend on my way home, who I actually met traveling. Um, and I, we were sat in what can only be described as a very standard normal cafe. And I was eating a um, breakfast there, just a standard normal. I think it was like poached egg um, with salmon on toast and I was like this is the best food I've ever eaten in my entire life having eaten <laughs> having gone from South America's all their rice dishes um, and especially being vegetarian in South America <laughs> they don't really understand vegetarianism at all um, and so I'd eat, been eating the same dishes and I remember coming back and I was like all oh, this food is so good and I went home and I had beans on toast <laughs> with cheese I was like this is the best thing I've ever <laughs> eaten in my entire <laughs> life <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's oh, oh yeah it's very true what you say about um you find ways to comfort yourself while traveling i think yeah like book, mm. booking yourself into hotel rooms that's 100 percent correct yeah like just i think not not often but just like yeah. every now i used to do it on my first night as well i'd book a hotel for my first because obviously i've got off a flight i'm a bit cranky i don't really want to go and have to jump straight into it so it was always quite a nice start yeah yeah i know what you mean um, what I used to do as well occasionally was uh, kind of similar. Where it's just like the, you know, like sometimes I'll just go to a restaurant and be like, I'm just going to order whatever I want, like, and I'm going to really treat yeah. myself. And um, I remember one time in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, where I did just that. I was like, I'm just going to go to this restaurant, and you know, I had like an iced coffee, like this massive smoothie, this massive plate of food, <laughs> and I was so happy. I was just like, I am living like an absolute <laughs> king. And in reality. You know, like this was an expensive meal while traveling, but in reality, it was probably like what a fiver, <laughs> something like that. Like, you know, like yes. nothing really. But like, it's a lot. Like sometimes, I think you just need to treat yourself to. Um, yeah, you got to be like kind to yourself, and also like with you know, oh like massages. God. You guys are probably the same with me. Where, I love that. With when you have a massage traveling, it's like it's like a proper like self love moment where like I've had some of the best massages of my life, just like on beaches in Cambodia, and. Um, just feeling like this is 100% what you know, just like getting a nice back massage and then you just like, I feel so amazing now. Sometimes it's worth just like cashing out a little bit for like stuff that you kind of need to feel, to carry on in a way. Like you can't just, um, traveling is, you know, it can be, depending on how you travel, like I guess we're all pretty similar where we travel on quite a budget because we want to make the trip last as long as possible. So we budget ourselves, like can do things as, you know, cheaply, I guess, as cheap. You know what mm. I mean? So, although you're much better than that, I think than I like. I always remember when we went to um, Ko Rong <laughs> Shamalon, um, and went to the <laughs> I went to the Mad Monkey Hostel, and I remember like well, your because bill he came didn't to nothing. Book the room. Like, perfectly budgeted everything. And I looked at mine, and it was like three hundred quid, and I was like, he was yeah. sleeping on what <laughs> but, is it called again? These bags, bean bag. Yeah. He was sleeping on a bean bag. But he yeah, did it yeah. well, and well, he, well, actually, he came along to everything I think we, we did. Shared he didn't even need to get a boat because I think Colony was sleeping in my bed then, so Joe could have a bed too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so this is probably an example of like maybe not what not, not what not you shouldn't do, but um, because they trekked through the jungle, I didn't have a room or a bed, so I got there and they were like, "Yeah, we've got no beds, but there's people like sleeping in the bar area, like bean bags." I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'll just." And you can do that at a few different hostels. So I know I've stayed at other places in Colombia. They had wow, outside I would definitely do that. Yeah, so or they were like only. I don't know how long we were on that island for. But four days. Like, what a week? Five, four, five nights. So guys, tell me your craziest yeah. experience while traveling. For example, oh, that I got a message from yeah, you, Joe. I think we got it actually in our group chat where you were selling rice in Laos. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a that was a crazy one for sure <laughs> that was just after like a, a jungle, jungle party and um 
kind of just came back to the hostel and um the guy who owned it we we still talk now actually we're i feel very like connected to him for some reason i'm not really sure why but um yeah i was just sort of like chilling with him and then he was like yeah do you want to sell some rice to me i was like yeah all right sure yeah so <laughs> so i just sat there for a bit after and, partying uh, yeah after partying and not sleeping <laughs> and stuff yeah um, also, Incredible. I think the time where I bought a bike for the first time, and the, the, I think the, the circumstances that led up to that moment were very like domino effect. Of it was when I was in Vietnam, like trying to um, trying to extend my visa, and I finally found a place that I could. It took me a long time to find a place that I could because you know Tet and stuff for the New Year there, and all the government offices were shut. So I had to hand in my passport and like lose it for like a week or so, and like um, so I couldn't rent a bike. So basically, I just bought one but it was very like living in the moment again where i was just like trying to find a bike realized that i would either have to pay a crazy deposit or buy one and i just kept on getting on the back of different people's <laughs> bikes different like vietnamese guys and they would just drive me around the third guy that i was on the back of his bike just took me to the other side of the city where i finally found a bike and just sort of was just like yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna buy it and um, yeah, and that ended up being one of the best things I've ever done in my life, you know, one of the best, lib- most liberal, but just crazy, you know, like crazy that it's, it was, you know, just living in the moment again, like kind of, so one of the things, I don't know if you guys remember, you have to have like a blue card to be able to legally like drive a, a bike or whatever in Vietnam. And he never gave me that at the shop. So when I got back to the hustle with my new bike and stuff, hey guys, look at my new bike. He's like, oh yeah, where's your blue card? I was like, oh, um. What do you mean? What, what blue card? <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the next three hours, not even joking, like driving around, no clue where the place was that I bought this bike. You know what Ho Chi Minh's like? It's, it's like a maze. It's everything oh, looks the same. Yeah. And um, I was, it took me three hours and I was so determined to find this place. And I was like, I know it was near a petrol station down like kind of like a canal <laughs> river type thing. And I remember the very last, I said to myself, <laughs> this last place that I'm going to check, if it's not it, I'm gonna start, gonna carry on and I'm gonna continue my search tomorrow. And it just happened to be the place where I bought the bike, and I couldn't believe it. I was just like, you know, like sometimes the universe just got your back, and it's like this was the last, the last place, and it took sheer determination to find it. When I got there, I was so buzzing. I was just like, <laughs> but like also exhausted. It was a really long day. <laughs> but, I can imagine. But, <laughs> I was so tired. I was just like, oh got the blue card and it felt like you know a massive like win a massive victory and i was just and then having that bike and driving to cambodia and you know had a bit of a love affair with the bike i love that bike <laughs> i wish i could find i wish i could find it again maybe i will one day maybe imagine although to be honest all the bikes um i saw in vietnam are so badly put together that it's been probably taken <laughs> apart and made into five yeah, different probably, bikes it, it probably is I, I imagine it's not on the road anymore but it was good while it lasted that's for sure I was trying to think of a story whilst you were talking. <laughs> I've tried to go with something non-bike related because I've got a few good bike ones as well. But um, uh, but it also goes back to scams and everything, uh, which we're talking about in the beginning. So when I was in Thailand, we went to the Koh Phi Phi, um, which is like a big party island, essentially. Really, <laughs> you can try and pretend that it's not, but it, it is. Um, no one's gone to Koh Phi Phi for the nature. And... I was there with my friends and someone handed me one of their buckets. So people obviously in, in Kopipi in Thailand, that everyone drinks out of buckets. It's the classic tourist thing to do. And they fill up um, with like Thai paint stripper or alcohol and um, then add some, add like a two Thai Red Bulls <laughs> in at the end and call it a drink. And someone had given me one, and me being young and naive and stupid, I was like, oh, cool, thanks so much. And I start drinking it. I only drink a little bit, um, and then I take it back to my friend, oh, and he just geez. downs the whole thing. Um, he was an, he was a bit drunk anyway. Anyway, so it turns out it was laced oh, with God. something. We don't know what. Um, my friend basically just went a bit mad at first. Um, I passed out completely and had to be carried home on the back, uh, my friend, other friend who was with us, looking after us both, managed to pull down some bloke who was delivering laundry to one of the local houses. Um, and they put me on the back of this scooter and drove me home. And my other mate went weird and went missing. Jesus. And so one of my friends was focusing on trying to get me um, home, basically. And he got me home. And then... 
I woke up later, like, what the hell is going on? And I went out looking for my friend and I found him. Um, he thought he was in his mind. He was jumping between clouds um, and he was jumping between these people's homes. And a local man came out and shouted, um, hey, what are you doing? Um, and he stopped, <gasps> fell through this house yeah. and he broke his wrist as well. And um, everyone was actually very kind about it. Um, I think I don't know why, because I imagine if someone oh, just gosh. fell through your roof. Um, it wouldn't be like, oh, we can just have a conversation. And he ended up paying quite a lot of money to get the roof fixed. Um, but they were, I think they just, because he just literally got drugged um, and whatever it was just sent him absolutely loopy. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know who he was. Um, and I think had he not fallen through, it would have had a real bad time trying to stop him as well. And wow. um, because he was just totally delirious. It it wasn't it wasn't our best night in KPP. When we're talking about this stuff, it like um it just kind of springs like more stories and stuff that's happened as well. Like we we could just talk for eight, like you know what I mean, just go on and on and on. Before we go, we have got our weekly category, and this week we're talking about <laughs> weird German laws. <laughs> so, <let's... What? laughs> so Hannah, according to my um, and this is you very just limited Googled research, weird German laws. I've got. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so according to this, um, in Germany, a stipend covers the cost of people pays yeah, for sex too. for I'm the not disabled. Sure if that's true. So not only is prostitution legal, but it's also a part of your welfare check. <laughs> well, isn't that's it legal in uh, England? I think so. I think it's legal. I'm really sure but about it. I don't, it's, not, it's just it's not, upon, not supported illegal. by... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, what was it like masturbating on an airplane? Well, I don't know. That probably is illegal as well. <laughs> and also in German, there are over 5,000 beers and yeah, 1,000 types of Yeah, well, we have the best beer and the best sausages sausage. in the world, so. <laughs> oh. Shot have you come to Germany? We're going to make a beer tour. <laughs> oh, yes. I think they have in Berlin even these beer bikes. So it's basically a bike with a table and you drink beer and oh, drive my... through the city. Talking about all this stuff gets me so excited. And then I'm just like, oh, God, it's COVID. And you know what I mean? Like when we're talking. No, but it's it? COVID is officially over. Been quite <laughs> negative about COVID recently. Um, but in my mind now, I've accepted. Well, in my mind, we can it just say this summer be a tour then. Thanks for uh, inviting me to talk about this stuff, guys. I think uh, <laughs> it's not it's nice to talk about it. You know, um, it's a reminder that it's going to be coming again for one thing, and like it's just in a lot of ways, maybe it's just the beginning. So next week we're going to talk about how to get involved in traveling. There's lots of people who want to know the first steps to take. And so we will talk about that next week, as well as a few other bits. Joe, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, Joe, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. And, and it has been so much fun that you have been our first guest. So thank you so much. Time. Nice one. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. We will see you next time. We love you. Bye bye. <laughs> I say that every time. <laughs> I touch kids.